You're listening to Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network. Here's your host, Eddie Pascal. Raider Nation, what is going on? Eddie Pascal here back at the Mobile Beat Lab here at the Intermount Healthcare Performance Center. And thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out for another episode of Upon Further Review brought to you by the good people at Coors Light. And Jesse Merrick and I are back. Jesse, it feels like it's been a minute, but we are here. And today is a great day because we are going to discuss, oh, my favorite thing in the world, all things special teams. There's not a happier man in the building nope. than the guy to my right, Mr. Eddie Pascal, right now. Oh, it's, I love it. I love it. The spe- you know the specials have a special place in my heart, no pun intended. And we're going to break it all down. So we did offense first, then we did defense, and now we are going to wrap things up with our, our favorite group of guys on the roster, the specialists. Uh, Six-pack of beer opening. Jesse, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Uh, why not? I'll, I'll kick things off here. Crack it up. Yeah, we got to start with the cash money man, Mr. Daniel Carlson. He was 9-for-9 nine nine on lead-changing field goal attempts with less than two minutes to go in the fourth quarter or overtime last year. Clutch. Clutch. No other player in the NFL has posted a number like that. My question to you is, do we see over or under six and a half of those from him next year? Ooh. So essentially, does does the cash money man ride in on his white steed in the final two minutes and, and save the day more, more or less than six and a half times? Ooh. I'm going to say, because I don't know if my heart can handle it, I'm going to take the <laughs> under on that. And I say that for a couple of reasons. One, I think that last year was so unique in the sense that, like, it felt like every time the Raiders took the field, we're like, well, this is going to go down to a last-second field goal. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think that the Raiders, and you and I have talked about this a lot over the past couple of weeks, I think the Raiders today are a better team than the Raiders that ended the regular season last year. Uh, I think the division is certainly better. I think those. I think we, there's a chance that those six games go down to the, uh, to the final kick. But I think overall the Raiders are a better football team. I think that they're going to be put in a better position specifically at the end of the game. Uh, so I think, is he going to save the day a couple times? Absolutely. But in terms of the six and a half, I think I'm going to go under that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think probably for you know the sake of Raider Nation's yeah. hearts, <laughs> probably want it to be like that. But also, it was so exciting last year. I mean, seeing it that many times. So I'm going to take the over on this one. You're a madman. Just barely. Like, I'm saying like seven. Like, I'm not going to. You had nine last year? Yeah. So I'm saying seven because like nine is out of control. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Even for me up at the press box, it was like so stressful, Ugh. but exciting. So I, I'm going to say over though and say that it's seven, which is still a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. I, let me ask you this, and I know you probably don't have this uh, in your in your notes, but I know that Carlson was number one in that metric. Who do you think is number two? Like I know you Man. don't have it, like, but who do you think would be number two in that? I, the, the the only one that comes to, to mind is Justin Tucker. Yeah, that was my first. You thought, know, too. that literally as you were asking me the question, that popped in my head. I, I couldn't. I can't even tell you or think of anybody who might be number two on that. Because I I, I mean, whoever the Chargers kicker is, maybe because I feel like they yeah. kind of play those like cardiac arrest that money games a lot. Uh, was it? I think I think you're right. I think so. But I I like there's really no one that comes to mind because like when I mean I know we joked about it, but it literally felt like every game last year, yeah. every week the Raiders were like, okay, well let's get super weird over these final two minutes and see what happens. Yeah. Like, but there's really not another team that comes to mind in terms of playing that many type of games. Like there's like it's the NFL. Everyone is super good, and I think the percentage we see it every year, the percentage of games that come down to that final score in the last two minutes is incredibly high, right? Yeah. But you know, each team has like two of those games, maybe three of those games, perhaps four, not nine. Nine. That's a lot, and that's where I, I, I could, uh, the reason why I kind of lean towards the over in this one is just for the simple fact of how competitive I think this division yeah, is going that's fair. to be now this year. I mean. 
we have talked about it. I've talked about it with so many friends of mine in general. Like you can make a case for every team in this division finishing first or last in the division. And I think that's great when you go into a season like that because uh, it creates that parity and it's going to be exciting to watch and see. You know, so that's why I think there are going to be a lot of games that do go down to the wire and, and it's going to be kind of like cardiac kids all over again. And, and you and I have talked about this before and, and I don't think that this is going to happen, but there is a world in which the Raiders go 0-6 in the division yeah. and are a good football team, like an objectively wild. a good football team, which is, yeah, I mean, I think it just speaks to the depth of division. It speaks to how crazy the AFC West is going to be this year. And frankly, I think it's going to stay like this for the next two, three, four years. I mean, this, this is a division that I don't think this is going to be like a one-year flash in the pan of like, remember how crazy things were in 2022? Like, yeah. I think it's going to be like this for a hot minute. And that's the thing. I mean, you look at the teams. Each of them have kind of created this little bit of a window for themselves. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think probably realistically, I mean, look, uh, with the Raiders, with the way things are structured with a lot of contracts, it, it seems as though the coaching staff and the, uh, you know, and general manager Dave Ziegler think, hey, three years, this is our kind of window to make a run and go and do something. And I think that's kind of the case with these other teams as well. You know, because if things aren't quite working out with the Chargers and all that, I mean, they probably do start to make a change and maybe reload. You could say the same about the Broncos with bringing Russ in. How many more years does he actually have? I know he said he wants to play till he's like 60 years old yeah. or whatever and all this stuff. But, I mean, you know, realistically, how long do you have and how long do you give it uh, if it doesn't happen within, I think, about three years? So I think yeah. it's going to be a while. I mean, like, you know, I feel like we've had a lot of these conversations recently, but I feel like 10 years from now— Talking about the state of the AFC West during this little era oh, is going to be such a good conversation over like six or seven beers. Just be like, God, you remember they had Ross yeah. and they had Herbert and Derek was even better. Like, it's it's a wild, wild time. And it's great for you and I because it gives us a ton to talk about. And we will not have any boring weeks in 2022. I guarantee you that. No, we definitely won't. And I'm also, as we were talking about this, I'm, you know, mine starts wandering. I'm really looking forward to seeing on the broadcast all the different graphics that they bust out of like oh, the man. wild, wild west. Yes. Like, you yes. know, there's going to be tons of like AFC for sure. wild west. Bunch of cowboys like, yeah. and be Derek Carr out there. There, you know, spinning the revolver yeah. or something like yeah. yeah. Oh, it'll be great. It'll be great, and I can't wait. Uh, question two, Jesse Merrick. This is a uh, sticking on the cash money man. Is this the year that Carlson can go ninety five percent on his field goal field goal attempts? So, just for a little background, last year he was at ninety three percent. In twenty twenty, he was at ninety four point three percent. Uh, and then in 2018, so his first season in silver and black, he finished at 94.1. So he's done 94, uh, 94% twice, and he's done 93%. Can we get the man to 95? That would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. First of all. What was Tucker um, I'm going to look up what Tucker was like. Yeah, yeah. I would like to know for sure. I, I, ooh, 95%. That's so much. I think... Look, for the simple fact of, like, you know, you work in the offseason to get yourself better and build yourself up, and, you know, he's growing the flow out, maybe more on that in a bit here. I think we see a bigger, better leg from him. I think he gets to 95, but just barely, like maybe like 95.2. I'll take it, and and I'm with you. I I think he does it. You know, I'm the biggest Daniel Carlson apologist that you're going to find in this building. I think he's capable of everything. So I'm going to say he gets there as well. And just for a little background, so Tucker last year, Justin Tucker of the Baltimore Ravens, he finished at 94.6%. So just a touch above. Uh, and for a little historical context, he has gone over 95% twice. Uh, he did it for the first time, excuse me, the most recently he did it was in 2019. He was at 96.6%. And then in an all world, like, looks like this is a fake number. In 2016, he finished at 97.4%. He went 38 of 39 on his field goals that year. That's just wild. And and I think, too, this year, I I think there's going to probably be less field goal attempts for him, you know, within the red zone area. I think that they'll convert a little bit more. So now he has to take advantage of those opportunities. 100%. But having said that, I think that's maybe where we see more of a locked-in Carlson realizing, hey, maybe these opportunities will be few and far between. I really got to be on it. Not that he doesn't already have that mindset. 
This but, is, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I do think that I think he, he hits it. It's just a l- much less uh, number to get there. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, and this is crazy, too, just looking at Justin Tucker's 2016 season where he went 97.4% from the field. He was a perfect 10 of 10 from 50-plus that year. Jeez, the that's... Only, dude, he was 10 of 10 from 50-plus, 14 of 14 from 40 to 49, and 10 of 11 between 30 and 39. So he must have missed like a 36-yarder in there at some point in the season. Is that that thing where like if you're Harbaugh, when you go and you, you roll him out there, it's like, you know, the guy that takes the three and doesn't even look? Like yeah. you just roll him out there, you start walking around exactly, doing your own yeah. thing. Like, you know it's going to be good. <laughs> Dude, I mean, that's I mean even just looking at that historically, like that's wild. And, and obviously I think Justin Tiger's going to the Hall of Fame when all is said and done. Yeah. But just looking at all these numbers, dude, like we've been so spoiled the past couple of years with Carlson. I mean, the Ravens have been spoiled for a decade. Yeah. I mean, the lowest uh, the lowest percentage that our man's had is 82.5%. That's a down year for him. That's a down year in 2015. I mean, we're looking at it. 91, 92, 97, 91, 90, 96. Like, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. The consistency. And that's that's something that's, you know, I, I think maybe a competitiveness factor. I'm sure kickers around the league are like, hey, yeah. we've got to match that. Yeah. You know, and you look at Carlson, like, he's in the prime of his career 100%. right now. You know, just got the new deal and everything, and he's ready to roll. And, and I think it's an exciting time. You know, again, you, you love special teams for Raider Nation, man, to be able to watch a guy like this. That's doing that. If he's able to keep this up, you're, you have to throw him in the category of a car. Or of a hundred percent, and not to get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But like this is one of those deals where the the fact that Trent, AJ, and Daniel are all together, they're all locked up, they are all not going anywhere for the foreseeable future. I mean, we've had we talked to John Condo last week, and you know they're they're kind of those similar characteristics, and you never want to call them the the next Seabass, Leckler, and Condo, but like they're. St- starting to kind of maybe consider having that conversation a little bit. Yeah. I'll give them another year or two, but like, I mean, they're definitely, tr- you know, the trajectory is going in that way, which I think is, is really, really exciting. And I think especially over the past couple of years in the NFL, you, you see the kicking woes week after week after week for these teams. And it doesn't yeah. matter if you're a good team or you're a bad team. It seems like there's so many teams that just can't figure that, like kind of triumvirate out. And the Raiders are incredibly lucky that going into the start of 2022, if you're Dave Ziegler, Three positions on the 53, you're good. You don't need to worry about anything. You know, hey, we feel locked in about these three dudes. And that's that's a luxury. It really is. Yeah, I mean, they mentioned, you know, they're evaluating every position on this team. You know, that's kind of what this season, a large part of it is going to be for them to figure out where they're at going forward. That is an area they definitely don't have to worry about. And that is such a luxury. I mean, think about it. You know, over the years, different teams, things like that, that, you know, have opportunities to be a good NFL team, but they just can't get it done in the kicking game, in the punting game, whatever it is. And that's the thing, too, I think people don't realize, and I know you're not one of these people, but don't realize how important a solid punter is in terms of field position. I mean, that is a massive battle. I mean, mean, how many times have we had this conversation where, oh, the Chargers would be great if they could just figure out the kicking woes, or the Broncos would be a lot better if they could figure, like, it's just, it's not unique to any team in the NFL. It's, you know, it's something that all the teams deal with. Uh, but the, the fact that the Raiders don't have to worry about that in 2022, a huge sigh of relief for all parties. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it just makes things so much easier. And, and also, like, if you're Derek Carr, you're anybody on this offense, yeah. you know, you're also not sitting there worrying of, like, I mean, look, obviously their goal is touchdown every single time. But it's not like, oh, man, we got to do this. Otherwise, we're getting no points out of this. Like, if you're in a situation where, like, hey, look, this ain't happening. I got to throw it away. We got to settle for the field goal. At least, you know, I know nearly, what is it, the average probably 93% over Mm -hmm. his career is going in. Yeah, and it's funny, too. Like, I remember a few years ago, not to date myself, but I remember uh, Seabass had kicked some game-winning field goal, and and Derek obviously got asked about it post-game. And he had this great line where he goes, I just knew I had to get us to midfield. 
Yeah. Like, I knew that was the goal. If I can get us to midfield with how, you know, 45 seconds, whatever it is, he goes, I know we got a shot. He goes, I, I know if we can give if we can give, give Bass that chance, he goes, I feel pretty good about it. And to your point, obviously, you want touchdowns, but there's so many situational times in a season where you're like, hey, just get us in field goal range. And the fact that Carlson and AJ and Trent have been so good, huge luxury. Huge. And I think, too, for Derek Carr, like, he's got to be one of the luckier quarterbacks you know, <laughs> yeah. in the history of the NFL yeah. in terms of having a good kicking team uh, behind him. 100%. I mean, yeah. he had that one year, and I think the, whatever year Carlson showed up, where things were kind of rocky before Daniel showed up. But, like, outside of that, I mean, he went from Seabass to Giorgio Tavecchio, who was really good in that kind of short spurt. Uh, and then he's been really lucky with Carlson the past couple of years. So, to, yeah, to your point, if you're Derek, you got to feel pretty good about the fact that you've had those guys throughout your career. But, Jesse Merrick, question number three, what do you got? All right. So, this one, and it's a little similar to kind of what we'll be talking about in a bit here, but I'm curious who you think emerges as the top returner. And obviously, it could mm. be Renfro still, but who do you think comes in there? And just, just for fun, let's say it's not Renfro. Just to, okay, if it's not Renfro, because I think, hmm, I think your betting favorite right now is probably Renfro to be yeah. your, your favorite. I don't know who's. Who would I like to see back there? I know that we've talked about him a, a little bit over the past couple of weeks. I'm curious about Mr. Dylan Stoner. Yeah, I'm curious to, to see if does he kind of carve himself out a role, whether it's as a returner, whether it's as kind of that depth wide receiver. I think he would be a guy that I would be interested in seeing. Uh, and then another guy that I, I know I've talked about a lot over the past couple of months, DJ Turner. Yeah, I mean I think that those are the two guys that I kind of you know my interest is peaked when you you bring them up. Um, I think that training camp is going to be, you know, huge for those guys, especially. And I think, you know, Stoner and, and Turner, I think those are two guys that are going to benefit immensely from having this fourth preseason game. Oh, right. Yeah. I know that you and I and perhaps a lot of people in this building aren't stoked that the Raiders <laughs> have four preseason games. But in all seriousness, I think that guys like that who just need game reps to say, hey, hey, Dave Ziegler, hey, Josh McDaniels, this is what I'm capable of. This is what I, this is what I can do in this role, I think is huge for guys like that. And so I think those are going to be my, if it's not going to be Renfro, I'm going to say Stoner or DJ Turner. What do you got? Yeah, for me, it was DJ Turner. That, yeah. That's the guy I look to. You know, we, we've seen him do it. So shifty, you know, mm-hmm. quick in and out of his breaks. I think with him, the biggest thing is going to be the consistency yeah. factor of it. Yeah. You know, I, I think too many times, you know, last year during training camp and stuff, when, when he got a lot of reps in that, uh, at practice and stuff like that, balls hitting the ground, yeah. things like that. And look, it's a tough job, but at the end of the day, like you need somebody that's sure-handed back there. Yeah, and I think you know, even just thinking back to last year, where you bring up a great point, where this this is not throwing shade at DJ at, no. at all, but it's just like you know, I think that is kind of my lasting takeaway, my lasting memory of last year. Where to your point, like he has the ability, right? You see him, he's shifty, he's quick, he's a dude that is obviously committed to doing this and has a knack for returning punts and kicks, but. The other side of that is, like, you can't let the ball hit the ground. No. And and I think that's where, talking of being spoiled, we've been so spoiled with Renfro, mm-hmm. where, I mean, you can worry about a lot of things, but you are not going to have to worry about that ball getting on the ground if, if Renfro's back there. You're just not. Yeah, no, you're not at all. And that's the thing is, again, I, I, people do not understand how tough that is. Kick return is much easier than uh, doing a punt sure. return. Um, punt returns are one of the scarier jobs in the business. I mean, you've got this ball, especially the way these guys can spin it off of their foot, the different crazy things it can do, you know, and then you also factor in that it could be windy too on top of all that. I mean, these guys are figuring out ways to make that ball really tough to read. And then you also don't even factor in that you've got gunners coming down to try and take your head off and you're trying to time this thing up of, okay, do I do I call a fair catch or do I try and make a move here and get blasted? I mean, that is a scary position to be in. I've said it all the time where if like there is one job that I didn't want in the NFL, it's punt return. 
Yeah. Don't want to do it. No thanks, coach. I'll no, take yeah. the next one. You, if you need me to play left tackle, fine. If you need me to do this, that, great. You want me to come across the middle? Ah, I don't love that, but I'll do it. Yeah. I'm not returning punts. I was nope. always the guy, like, I'm no wuss, but I was always the guy that, like, hey, kickoff return, I got yeah. you. <laughs> Punt return, uh, uh, in an emergency, maybe. Yeah. But uh, I, there's other guys on the team that are better than me that would love to do that. Go for it. Yeah. It, it, dude, it, it, like we talk about, it's an very important job, and it's one of those jobs where you're like, I want to not be worried about it. So even like I feel like especially towards the end of the game, you're just like, just catch it. Don't just just catch it. Fair yeah. catch. Catch it. Just stand right there. Make sure nothing happens. <laughs> you get hit. They're going to throw the flag. Great. But it's a it's a dangerous job. It's a scary job. But one that's really, really important, especially as we get into the latter part of the calendar when weather is an issue. Yeah. When you're talking about, you know, November, December into January and you're an arrowhead, you're at mile high, you're wherever you are and the winds are swirling and you just need to catch that ball. Oof, scary stuff. Yeah, scary, it is. And one more name to toss in the mix there in this one outside of the receiving court. What about Kenyon Drake? Yeah. You know, I, I forgot that he did it a little bit on kick return. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting one. And I think that. It'll be interesting to see what his kind of role is yeah. uh, once we get to training camp in the preseason. And maybe they say, hey, Kenyon, you're, you're obviously going to not have as many reps running the ball. But, hey, we love you in this role. We want to get the ball in your hands in mm-hmm. some capacity. Like, that's a, that's an interesting one. That's yeah. a good one to kind of think over. An electric I like that. guy with a lot of burst, shifty, yeah. you know. I mean, you get this guy in the open field, not many people are catching him. Uh-uh. Definitely so, not. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good one. I like that. Speaking of, uh, of guys who return and guys who do a lot, let me ask you this. Question number four, right? More less, or the same amount of Hunter Renfro on special teams in 2022. Yeah. What does your gut tell you? That's a, That one's a really, really tough one. My my gut, and it's I, it's a boring answer, is we see the same. Okay. But I just look at the simple fact, and I think, I mean, look, it, it jumps off the page to you when you watch the tape of any special teams cut-ups when Renfro was out there. And I think that's something that this team, was, this coaching staff is going to want, just the consistency and the fact that they know you can trust the guy. I mean, the fact when he broke that one up, uh, and was it the, he caused the fumble or he broke? I, I can't remember what it was. When he you know broke on it against the oh yeah, yeah 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 incredible play there. Yep. I mean, look how many other guys out there are going to do that? It's a small, think, it's a short list. Yeah, and I think you see that. And as a new coaching staff coming in, where you want that reliability, where the big part of special teams is just hey, you know, don't mess it up. You know, for lack of a better word, having a guy back there like that, like whew, that's so valuable. I. My gut tells me we're going to see a little less of him. Yeah. And, and I think that's, I mean, certainly that's a credit to Hunter and how valuable he is Heck to yeah. this offense now. I, I think that we see him, I think that that Josh is going to use him sparingly, right? I think situationally, I think might be a, a better term for how we're going to see Renfro. Like, you know, do we need to see him back there for every punt? Like, I don't know, maybe. I, I would also like to hope, I would like to think that, the roster is a little deeper. That there's more people in 2022 that are capable of taking some of that, uh, of some of that heavy lift from him. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if we see kind of the, the repeat of last year, where hey, whether it's DJ Turner, Stone, or Drake, whoever it is, a player to be named later, that hey, they're really good at this, but we can't trust them in those big spots quite yet. Yeah. Yes, put Hunter back there. Let's have one less thing to worry about. But I really hope that there's someone who's going to come in. They're going to steal that job in the best possible way. And Josh and those guys can say Hunter. We love the thousand yards every year. <laughs> we love seeing what you do on third down. Let's let's just stay on the sideline for the punts. Yeah. Unless unless it's like we talk about that situational. The winds are swirling in Denver. Hey, it's it's you know the fourth quarter and we just need to have someone catch this ball. All right, bud, do your thing. But I, I think 
less of Renfro and special teams would be a win uh, for all of us, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if he was kind of doing his same his same workload from a year ago. Yeah, and I think that's probably a smart move. Look, it, it's very clear that this staff values Renfro. You know, they they As they should. Yeah, they literally put their money where their mouth was on that one, and. I, so I think, you know, doing that would be great. And also that would speak volumes to, you know, again, a DJ Turner, Dylan Stone, or a Kenyon Drake, whoever, being able to merge, uh, you know, as that guy. I just, I, the reason I say the same is I look back, you know, and again, I hate doing the whole Patriots West type of thing mm-hmm. and always going back to that, but that's all we have with this staff, you know, aside from the quick stint in Denver. Um, I just look at the Patriots over the years, and one thing that I think is going to translate over is the fact of special teams wanting a guy that's like, you know, that you can just trust. You know, you think of a um, uh, Matthew Slater type of guy who played for the Patriots. You know, he was their special teams captain, all-star over all those years. Uh, still is, if I remember right. I don't think he's uh, since retired yet. And I think they look at a guy like Renfro and they're like, man, he could be that for mm-hmm. us in the return game. Yeah, yeah, I, and I'm with you. And and the beauty of this is that there's no wrong answers there. Yeah. Right? Like if you say, hey, Renfro's going to be out there a bunch on special teams and you're going to give him chances to go make plays, that's a W, yeah. right? But if you say, hey, we're going to see a little less of him, we value him, we want to keep him healthy, that's a W too. So I, we talk about, I know we were talking about AJ and Carlson earlier, but it's like the, the Raiders are in a great position special teams wise from top to bottom there's a lot of of luxuries that this team has uh and like we said there's really at this juncture until someone gets hurt and hopefully that doesn't happen no bad options really no bad options back there no there's not i mean there there are plenty of people to choose from which is exciting it is you know it is that and not many teams can say that you know there's quality depth that's uh back there and i think we're going to see that emerge a bit more like that's one of the areas where I, I do enjoy watching throughout training camp to see, okay, who's going to be that guy on teams, you know, whether it's returning, whatever it is, um, you know, because there's so much electric play, so many electric plays that can be made on special teams, and it's exciting to watch. And as I've said many times, Jesse Merrick, special teams wins ball games. Yes. So what are we at? Are we at question five for you? Is that where uh, we're at? Yes, I believe we're at five, and this one's a little more fun. Okay, let's um, do it. Yeah, you and I have mentioned, and you, you told me a while ago that uh, Carlson's growing his hair out. All right, well, we know AJ, AJ Cole has some lettuce. He sure does. Yeah. By the time we get to training camp, who's got the better lettuce? Oh, man. That is a great question. Yeah. Now, to give a little background, right, and, you know, I love to, I love to flex my exclusive access. <laughs> I, uh, I did have a conversation with Carlson God, about two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever they kind of went on break. And I was like, man, the hair's looking, the hair's looking nice. Like, there's, there's definitely a concerted effort this offseason to kind of let that mane flow. Now, my gut tells me, by the time we get to training camp, which is in just about, let's call it two and a half weeks here, I think that AJ has built up such a lead in terms of the hair growth, the follicle development, if you will, that his flow is still going to be a little bit better than, better than Daniel's. Now, what I think is going to be very interesting is by the time the season ends, what kind of, what kind of uh, you know, pace has Carlson, has, has he kind of, you know, lessen that gap. But I think as we, and when the team reports to camp in about two weeks, my gut tells me it's going to be AJ with Carlson in hot pursuit. Yeah, maybe this is something we would do after revisit multiple yes, times. Yes, I think, I think that this definitely deserves yeah, a, a yeah. revisit, perhaps an exclusive Carlson Cole follicle pod at some point. Yeah, and I mean, we need, uh, this is a question that needs to be asked. Yes, so 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing that I really appreciate about you, Jesse, is that we bring you in here and you ask the tough questions oh, that sometimes 
that I'm not comfortable asking. Hey. But you with your capital J, your big J journalism. Big J journalist over here. You know, man. this is what you have here for. This is why you get paid the big bucks with us. I mean, look, you have to ask the questions that the people want answered. Yes. You know? And we will, and I promise you, I promise to every, every <laughs> loyal listener of this pod, we will get that answer. Yes. I promise you. In fact, you know, let's do this because shameless plug alert, you and I, we talked about this a while ago. You and I are back for the Training Camp Podcast in 2022. Very excited about that. More information coming on that obviously in the next couple weeks before mm-hmm. camp. But let's do this. One of the beautiful things about the Training Camp Podcast is we can have fun with it. Exactly. Right? It's camp. There, there's a, a level of like fun, you know, just camaraderie type stuff. We got to get Carlson or Cole on here and ask them that, that tough question. We got to put them on the spot. I'm not going to prep them. We're just going to say, bam. Oh, yeah. AJ or Daniel, talk to us right now. Let's hope they're not loyal listeners of the pod. Yes. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to think they are. I'd yeah, like to yeah. think they are. But... Uh, yeah, let's do that. We'll get them on the training camp podcast. We'll get the people some answers. And then, like I said, we'll revisit this at the end of the regular season and really kind of take stock uh, of where they are with, with both of the respective flows. Oh, yeah. And these are guys, they're competitive guys. I remember last oh, yeah. year at one point oh, yeah. they had the whole thumb wrestling mm-hmm. thing you know, they're talking about and, and who wins in that. They're big chess guys, too. I know they yeah. play a lot of chess against one another. So, so like, yeah. This is something I think that will become a thing. I, I think that AJ will not, I don't know that he's necessarily going to be worried because he's got confidence in that yeah. flow. But I think he's going to be like, oh, okay. Like, you know, he's coming for the crown. Oh, yeah. So I I think there could be some competitiveness. Yes, and I think so, too. And and I think that in addition to them being spectacular specialists, I think that they're going to kind of launch themselves into the upper echelon of specialist hair in 2022. It's going to happen. The people of Vegas are going to take notice. Yes, I sure hope they do. I sure hope they do. All right, Jesse Merrick, number six, bringing us home. If you had to say, had to pick a special team sleeper in 2022, a guy that we think is going to contribute, but maybe by the, when it's all said and done, he's going to contribute a little more than we think as we record this in the uh, the first week of July. Who you got? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting ones. I, I wanted to throw out Nate Hobbs, but I, I'm not going to just because I think he's a little bit of a bigger name, you know, not so much sleeper-esque, you know, that's, I think that's kind of more of a layup. Sure. I, I'd like to see more out of Tyree Gillespie. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I, he's got some interesting tools, you know, in there. I think he's a guy that we didn't see much of last year. Um, I think he would be an exciting one just because he, he he plays, you know. I believe if I remember right, coming out of college, he played both sa- uh, free safety and strong safety, so he's got some posi- positional versatility. Um, good in coverage, got some speed there as well. Just interesting tools to work with. Hard hitter, you know. So that to me screams, hey, special teams guy for sure. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. I'm gonna go with. I mean, my, you know, I don't want to say sleeper because friend of the program down yeah. has really made himself a nice little career being a stud on special teams. But I'm going to go with Roderick Teamer. Yeah. I think he's going to be the guy that I'm, I'm going to kind of circle. Uh, and I think I'm kind of, you know, right on that line of is he a sleeper or not? Uh, TBD. Uh, but I think he's going to have a really nice special teams year in coverage. Uh, I remember... You know, I remember really well during those joint practices with the Rams last year. I know that he perhaps got a little more involved than the coaching staff would have liked with our <laughs> with our friends uh, in Los Angeles. But he's a dude that really, over those two days, I was like, man, this guy is just balling out on special teams. Yeah. You know, getting down there, hair on fire consistently. Like, I think we see, you know, a guy who has like a really good rap or, hey, he's got a really nice day today, kind of in the mix. But he was so consistent in getting down there, getting in the mix making plays, you know, making sure that the Raiders had good special, or excuse me, had good field position or making sure that the opposition did not. Like, he's a guy that I think if he stays healthy this year, I think he's going to be a huge asset on that coverage team. Uh, and a guy that I'm excited to see him kind of do his thing. Yeah, oh, I'd agree 100%. You need guys like that on special teams yep. that, like, take it to heart, that care, you know, because, again, it is a very important part of the part of the game. And also, I mean, 
teamer. He's got a great name for yeah, dude, teams, for sure. Know? I mean, that, not that that means anything, but it's great. You know? Yeah, in his DNA, exactly. he's born to be a special, yeah, special yeah. teams guy. And, and so he's that guy. He does have that versatility. Another guy I'm curious to watch is uh, LeBlanc, because mm. you know, he. I have heard, you know, from some friends of mine that have been out and about and seen him, you know, uh, playing basketball, things like that. Just incredible athlete. And look, everyone in the NFL, for the most part, is a great athlete. But I have heard this guy is like unreal next level. Uh, So I just purely not knowing much about his game. I just want to see what he can do on special teams uh, with the athleticism that I've heard that he's got. And and we talk about it every year, man. And the Raiders are not unique in this. They are just kind of the, the you know, they are the rule. It happens to every team. Guys are going to make this roster based on solely on what they can do on special teams. Yeah. Like, yes, you need to be the sixth receiver or you need to be the emergency safety, you know, guy like that. But there are guys that are going to earn jobs over the next six weeks based on what they do on special teams. And I know that sometimes we kind of dismiss it and like, oh, yeah, it's kind of boring. Like, no, people are going to make themselves a lot of money. I mean, you talk about Matthew Slater, right? That's a dude who's had a fantastic career and made himself a lot of money being really, really good on special teams. And, you know, for a lot of these guys, too, it's it's a bit of a jumping off point. Like Eric Harris is a guy that comes to mind, too, Mm -hmm. where he's a guy who busted his behind uh, early in his career, you know, made sure that he was an asset on special teams, uh, made sure that he was a guy that was going to be on the field in some capacity, started off as a Raider, very similar situation. And by the end, I mean, he's a dude who's playing 15, 16 games a year, starting a lot of them. So I know that it isn't the sexiest thing at times, but you got to keep an eye on those dudes who are playing, uh, you know, playing those coverage units because, it, you know, they might be doing it this year and then 2022, maybe that role gets a little bit bigger. Yeah, I mean, that's, where careers, yeah, that's where careers start. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about it, especially for younger players and things like that. And that's where you earn the trust of the coaching mm-hmm. staff. You know, I, I, we saw out of uh, Diablo before he really yeah. started getting some PT. You know, example. He, he was getting work done on special teams, you know, and doing it in a lot of different roles. He's another guy that, you know, I, I'm curious to see, you know, where they use him, what different uh, special teams uh, groups they throw him out there on. And that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's just it's an exciting, uh, you know, thing to watch these guys grow and develop their career in that sense. I mean, coaching staffs don't, you know, make any you know bones about it. They're like, hey, look, this is where your career starts for yeah. younger players. This is, as you said, you know, guys make the team because of this. And that's where, you know, you're sitting in a room trying to sit here and talk about who's going to make the 53. That's where it starts. I mean, yeah. what 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 can you do? Versatility. We've heard all the coaching staff. We've heard Ziegler talk about it, all that stuff. The versatility, being able to do more, and special teams is a massive part of that. You know, I always have a special place in my heart for the UDFAs, too. And a lot of these UDFAs, like, you, if you want to have a chance at making this team, you got to be able to play special teams. Oh, 100%. Right? Like, you know, I know the Raiders didn't have a first-round pick this year, but, like, put it this way, Devontae Adams is not being asked to go out and play coverage, <laughs> right? Like, he's not. No. And, and so, like, if you're one of those, like, dudes that may, you're a day three guy, you're you're a dude who came in as, as a tryout guy, made the most of that opportunity, like, if you want to stick around here, you got to be able to show that your value begins on special teams. It doesn't have to end on special teams, but it's got to begin there. Exactly. And that's, again, that's just where, that's where careers start. And that's where you can show, like, look, well, this is what I can do with an opportunity and mm-hmm. also where you get to put your athleticism on display, man. I mean, there's so many hits that we see out there on special teams that it's like, oh, man. Yeah. You know? And that's what gets someone, not- gets someone noticed. And they're like, hell, hey, well, let's see what this guy can do, you know, as a nickel, at safety, at corner, whatever. You know, or even again, like there's plenty of D linemen, you know, that are out there. There are guys that are just freak athletes for their height, weight, speed type of thing. You start doing that, you start getting some pressure on a on a kick, on a punt, whatever it is. Hey, let's see what this guy can do with a couple more reps here. You know, if, if they can spell Max and Chandler, 
um, that's where it's it's fun to watch because to see the the growth there as yeah. they continue to get those opportunities through their play on team. And, and, the, and the beauty of special teams too is that it's the ultimate momentum changer, right? Like, yeah. I mean, if you if you, I mean, how many times have we seen it in all the football that we've watched where huge hit on a punt return, right? That gets your defense amped up. That's, I mean, you're ready to go. Yeah. Or how many times have we seen, you know, a, a huge punt return does the opposite for your offense? You're like, hey, we're starting at the 44. Yeah, let's do this. We got two minutes. Boom, seven points. Time to go to work. So it, it's such a big momentum swing. Uh, position group it's such a big a portion of the game that i know that we overlook sometimes but don't get it twisted man like really good teams have really good special teams units yeah the energy that your team can draw from from a big return from a massive hit from whatever it is because these are guys a lot of them for the most part guys that aren't getting you know tons of playing time and their teammates love seeing that and feed off of it. They go wild, yeah. you know? When A.J. Cole had the hit, the yeah, force man. Fumble, the team went nuts. I mean, I remember the sideline reaction when Renfro had that hit? Yeah. I mean, my God, you would have thought we won the Super Bowl. Exactly. Like, those are things that you cannot deny the momentum that comes from something like that. Yeah, and, it, and it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, obviously the specialists have a, have a special place in my heart. And, uh, yeah, it'll be exciting. I love that portion of the game. It's a portion of the game that we don't discuss enough, but Jesse Merrick, we have done it enough today. We make sure that no specialist goes unnoticed. That is my promise to all the specialists out there. Gotta show and and I hope that, I hope what we did our part today. Uh, before we get out of here, Jesse, 30 seconds of plugs. Where are the people going to find you the next Oh, yeah, days? always on Channel 3. You can find me there most nights. Uh, always on Twitter, at JesseNews3LV. Trying to do my best to cover the Raiders and all things Vegas. So that's where you guys can catch us. Also, specifically to Sunday night, Sports Night. That's one of our shows where we got a half an hour. Me and Brian do our thing. It's always a good time. Shout out from the program, Brian Salmon. Yes, sir. Big guy. Big, big fan of Brian. Uh, but as we talked about earlier, you're going to be back with us for the special, or it's not special teams podcast, for the, uh, the training camp podcast. I hope I get a special teams podcast. Yeah, I was going to say Eddie's uh, dream. <laughs> I know, but we are going to do uh, all things. We're, we're running it back from last year. Uh, the 2021 Raiders training camp podcast has now become the 2022 Raiders training camp podcast. So in the next couple of weeks, you're going to hear a lot of us. More information of that on that coming in the next couple of weeks. But you are back. I am back. Ray's back. I think we're going to, if if everything goes to plan, Jesse, we're going to have players in the studio this Ooh, year, man. which is going to be wild. I know Ray's behind the glass being like, oh, my God, is it even possible? It's but, exciting. yeah, it's going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait. But between now and then, we're going to enjoy a little bit of downtime, perhaps just uh, two, or, two or three days before <laughs> we really bring this thing up uh, and, and do it for real. So, Freddie Pascal, my man Jesse Merrick, Ray behind the glass on the ones and twos, Alexandra and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions, thank you, thank you, thank you for hanging out with us. And we will be back next week, same time, same place, for our next episode of Upon Further Review. Thanks for listening to this edition of Upon Further Review, presented by Coors Light on the official Raiders Podcast Network.